Hello and welcome to the Life Care Services Health Services Division podcast. I'm your host for today, Tony Galvan, Director of Health and Wellness for Life Care Services. And I'm excited to kick off our third part in our four-part series with our LCS Resident Advisory Council focused on uh, seniors and technology. Um, So this being our third part, just a quick recap, in our first couple of podcasts, in our first two parts, we focused on the evolution of technology uh, throughout your your lifespan, uh, your childhood, uh, your uh, schooling days, uh, throughout your career, uh, and certainly throughout the later parts of your career leading up to retirement. So it was really interesting to hear your thoughts on how technology um, has, has been evolving. During the second part, we brought it to present day and started talking about your current usage of technology and all of the different ways that it's a part of your a part of your life. And so today in our third part, we want to focus a little bit more on how you're using technology specifically for your health and wellness, for your lifestyle, and for your overall well-being, um, both within the communities uh, that you're all living in and certainly outside of your uh, communities as well. So I'm excited to uh, have that conversation with you all. So I'd like to welcome back uh, Fred Wilkerson from Whitestone in Greensboro, North Carolina. How are you today, Fred? Doing great. Thank you. I hope you are. I'm doing good. Uh, Welcome back, Dana Robinson uh, from Cypress of Raleigh in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, hi. And last but not least, um, Ed Seidel uh, from Plantation Village in Wilmington, North Carolina. How are you today, Ed? Excellent. Great. So again, uh, thank you all for being here. And before I kind of ask my first question to you all to have you start weighing in on this uh, on this topic, uh, I, I want to take a step back actually and just put put a framework out there, put a um, a model of wellness uh, for you all to keep in mind as you uh, address some of the questions that I have for you today. So at Life Care Services, when we think of health and wellness, when we think of your lifestyle in particular, we're actually very intentional about how we promote and focus on this holistic multi-dimensional approach to your health and wellness. So when when we define that, uh, we're including things like your physical well-being, uh, but we're not limiting it to that. We're also including uh, your social health, your intellectual or brain fitness. Uh, We're considering your spiritual well-being, your environmental health, your sense of vocation, uh, your sense of emotional well-being as well. So these are all things that we kind of package and bring together. And as you think about what's made available to you throughout your community uh, in terms of impacting your lifestyle, that's kind of our framework and our terminology when we think about wellness. So as you're considering some of these some of these questions and some of these perspectives, um, would like for you to keep that framework in mind. So, so I'm going to start real general. And uh, I'm going to just ask, what are some of the ways, generally speaking, that technology positively impacts your health and wellness? Uh, here at Plantation Village, we, we bought a program recently called Brain HQ. And Brain HQ is designed to help you continue to sharpen your mental facilities, faculties rather, and uh, keep you sharp. And it's a very interesting program and it can be intensive or it can be at your pace. A variety of exercises, uh, mental exercises that you go through. Uh, Very organized program and well thought of. 
So, Ed, what you're referring to is a company called Posit Science and their Brain HQ program, uh, which is something that we've definitely heard about. So I want to expand on that a little bit. And I want to ask you, Ed, and, and certainly as you represent your, your fellow residents, tell me a little bit more about why something like that is important to you. Why is keeping a sharp mind important and, and why is your community investing in something like that significant? I think it, uh, there's no question that with our increasingly complex world, you have to stay sharp. If you, if you don't, you fall behind. But for us in the, in a life care community, um, as sheltered as we may be, we still have a lot of complex decisions that we have to work our way through, ranging from insurance questions to, uh, what, how to travel, so on and so forth. And is that something that you would say over the last handful of years to decade or so, you think about the importance that you're putting on, again, keeping a sharp mind, exercising your brain. Was that something that you were always conscious of or was it maybe a little bit more recently as you've retired, as you've been a resident at your community, that that's just been more of a priority for you? I think that, um, I've done things since we moved in here. We're here now for four years for myself physically and mentally that I would not have done day to day out in the world. And prior to your usage of Brain HQ, what were some other ways that you were intentionally working out your brain, keeping a sharp mind, etc.? Well, um, we're off a variety of, of video programs, one of which is uh, history, which I'm interested in, and we have a variety of activities that help us stay sharp in our wellness program. Uh, when we play certain games during our wellness program, that you got to be alert or you catch a ball in your face. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that that's actually a really a really fair point. Um, a lot of the research does show that uh, physical activity is one of the best ways to keep a sharp mind. So I, I would agree with you. So that's interesting. Uh, I think a couple of components there that relate to technology. Some of the videos uh, that that are more of lifelong learning on certain topics or subjects, and then very intentional brain exercise through uh, the software program that you that you mentioned. Um, so, uh, what about Dana and Fred? Let's let's stick on that topic in terms of brain health because that is such a high priority area for seniors everywhere. Uh, tell tell me a little bit about how you maybe leverage technology to keep a sharp mind. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I am just a huge internet googler, so I am out. Uh, I'm probably at my computer mm, three at least three hours a day. I'm always searching information. Uh, I'm a why person. I'm always asking questions and finding out what the internet shares in the way of information back. Um, I still work, so a lot of my uh, keeping my brain active is I'm just getting it through the work that I do uh, professionally. So I'm continually intellectually stimulated just as each day passes. I'm an avid reader. And some belong to book clubs. Uh, do I use a Kindle? So I guess that's technology, sort of. Um, but reading uh, certainly keeps my brain active. Um, 
but for me, the uh, to Google Internet is just an incredible resource. I, I just can't say enough great things about it. Well, what's interesting about that, Dana, and we talked about this in a couple of the other episodes, where because of just the learning curve in and of itself, as it relates to this newer technology, whether it's a new tablet or a new computer or a new internet browser, whatever it might be, the fact that you're learning how to do that, that in and of itself is helping you keep a sharp mind. So it's uh, it's almost twofold. It's the learning how to do it and then whatever information you're actually searching for and then uh, reading about, learning about, all of that is obviously impacting your, your, your brain in a positive way. Uh, yeah, and it also, um, I mean, from a health perspective, uh, what you can find out uh, from the internet uh, to help you understand what's happening in your body or how a med- medication is supposed to work or what's happening to a friend to understand the symptoms. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing resource um, uh, that I, I use on a daily basis, for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, again, in, in episodes past, we talked a little bit about what is the type of content uh, that can be provided that would engage you uh, to, again, uh, whether it's go to a website or even more from your communities themselves, the type of information that they might be able to provide, again, that's of, that's of interest. Um, I, I uh, Was there anything, uh, Fred, that you wanted to add uh, from a brain fitness, um, sharp mind technology standpoint? I was going to go along with Dana. Um, I go along with a group here of people, and I'm the one who usually looks things up. And if they had a question, we go around the table and we're talking about stuff. And, no, I don't remember what this is, or I don't know the date or anything like that. I'll just pull out the phone and, and go to Google, like Dana says, and and we've got the information right then. So um, I do it that way for um, a lot of my friends here, and for me, uh, I do a lot of movies, um, so I like to look at uh, uh, the Turner Classic movie list and stuff like that. So I have all that on my uh, my pad as well as my phone and, and computer, but with the pad next door to my, uh, just sitting on the table here um, next to my chair, all I have to do is look up IMDB, which is the Internet Movie Database. And it has everything you could ever want, basically, usually, uh, about movies and actors and music and everything. So uh, I find myself looking at that and checking dates and and wondering how can it be so long ago? <laughs> you know, just 93 was so long ago now. It's uh, it's it's an incredible information source. Yeah, it almost makes you wonder, what did we do before Google? What did we do before the Internet? Where did we grab all this information from, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, uh, one other thing I would add is uh, apps on uh, smartphones. Um, I'm a big... Uh, solitaire, you know, games person as I'm sitting in airports just waiting. There's word games. I mean, those are other ways you can keep yourself stimulated. Yeah, we're seeing a lot more of that, um, whether it's specific developers 
putting their um, apps out there, or even organizations, um, AARP, uh, you know, the, they have a section on brain health and brain fitness. So there's a lot of organizations, a lot of um, uh, companies, etc., out there that are trying to leverage technology in a way that very specifically is looking to impact the brain health of, of seniors like you all. So um, that's something that organizationally we're, we're always looking at and thinking about and what are the best ways to um, get residents like you all exposed to them so that again, you can you know, really continue to, to thrive and to, um, and to grow. I want to switch gears a little bit and, and sticking with the different areas of wellness. Um, one of the areas that I find just traditionally and over time has always been uh, um, an area where technology has, uh, where we've attempted to leverage technology. And, and that's in the, the physical uh, area of wellness, and in particular, uh, on the fitness side uh, of things. So most of our communities have, um, you know, physical fitness centers. Uh, there tends to be, you know, fitness equipment there. Um, a lot of it is very technologically advanced, um, even, even as your basic treadmills and new steps and strength training machines. And there, there's a lot of technology that's involved with these pieces of equipment. Uh, and again, as, as time passes, again, they get more and more um, intricate, convenient, um, allows you to connect, um, to keep track of what you're doing. Uh, and, and so in theory, um, there's a lot of benefit behind how, uh, from a fitness standpoint, some of these things continue to evolve. And especially when you think about how they're connecting to other things that you're doing out there, bigger picture. So whether it's a wearable, um, we talked about Fitbits a couple of podcasts ago, uh, whether it's, uh, again, um, if you all have smartphones uh, and how health and fitness information is being kept track of there. So I want to hear from you all. Is that something that that you're seeing, uh, that you're using, and that you feel is overall beneficial? Ed Seidel over at uh, Plantation Village. My wife uh, has a Fitbit, and she's, of course, she can do a lot of things with it, but you can. one of the main things is how many steps did you take today? And uh, it gives you a really good quantifier of how well you're doing. We also have a, an excellent uh, exercise room of equipment. And the equipment that uh, I'm referring to is a series of specific exercises. But instead of using weights to put on bars and so forth, it's run with pressed air and it's a beautiful system and easy for you to work your way through a whole structure and i this is dana i don't have a fitbit but i have an app on my smartphone that will count steps and that sort of thing so um i do get that it kind of information also through technology so uh, as a as a follow-up to that i kind of want to ask you similar to what we talked about with uh with brain fitness. So you think about the attention that you were paying to your to your physical fitness prior to retiring, prior to moving into a community, and was it as important um, as it is to you now? Uh, were you as physically active? Were you as engaged uh, with what you were doing from a fitness standpoint? Uh, and now that you're in a retirement community, do you find yourself uh, being more engaged? Do you find that because of how technology has advanced that you are more either accountable or um, 
things like fitness are reinforced more to you because again of how how much more aware you are of what you're doing at Seidel at Plantation Village one of the big things for me is the group activity I'll, I'll uh, be more engaged when there is a group and uh, we do a level three course here that I'm in that's strength and conditioning that once you get the group going, it's really been great. And I've watched people change literally in the program, including myself, strength-wise. Would you all ever uh, see a day or a case where, uh, again, we think about whether it's videos or live streaming or other apps that might be able to um demonstrate like an exercise class where maybe it's a bit more on demand so you could still go to that like group fitness space or maybe even in your apartment home and uh again pull up that yoga video pull up that strength training video and be able to do it at your leisure or with a significant other or with a neighbor is that uh, a, a direction that you feel would be positive uh or or not personally no it wouldn't be for me either. I I have worked out five or six days a week for my whole life, so it's like brushing teeth. It's just part of my day. But I I go to a gym, you know, at the fitness center here, and um, I work out individually. I'm not in the classes, but it um, there are other people there when I'm working out, and it, it is there is kind of a group camaraderie and a motivator. Um, so I, I would, as long as I could, I'd want to be able to leave my home to do that. Yeah, that's exactly right as far as what you're saying, as long as you can. This is Fred from Whitestone. I think the uh, group for independent living, IL people, is great uh, when you get to the point where you're not as able to do things like that as you were the in-home would be outstanding. But um, as long as you can, the group would be the best. Uh, here at the Cypress of Raleigh, we, we do have personal trainers that come from a gym that's across the street. And they will come to your home. So actually, there are some members who, where the trainer goes to the home and works with them. We have a director of fitness here that leads us in classes. And he comes into each of our apartment buildings once a week for those that are more, I'll say, more shut in and less mobile and does exercise classes at a lower level in our solarium. I think it's a super, super deal. I would add that just like what Ed was saying, the, uh, the machines that we have now in our um, weight, well, not weight room, but exercise room, um, they are specifically there, and most of them are plugged in and um, computerized. Uh, and they are for specific parts of uh, your exercise period. And I think that is outstanding. I've used them a couple of times. I'm, as I said, I walk a lot. So, uh, and I do a lot of other stuff here, so I don't have really the time to, to stay over there that much. But they are, the technology and the machines themselves are really astounding. 
So, so it sounds like that because of the technological advancements that have been made with fitness equipment or apps or things like wearables, for the most part, they they work as far as keeping you engaged and motivated to kind of stick with your fitness program. Would you all agree? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Switching gears a little bit, um, I, I do want to talk about maybe how technology, either you all, um, yourselves might, might have leveraged it, uh, people that you know, maybe friends of yours that are maybe in I don't know if higher levels of care is is what makes sense, but we we're as an industry doing quite a bit um, to think about technology and how to best leverage it in a healthcare setting. Um, so so you think about uh, the health centers, um, skilled nursing facilities, um, we, we call them health centers that are a part of the communities that you all are a part of. And even though you are all independent living residents, um, there very well might be a situation where, again, there's some short-term rehab that needs to be done and you're, you know, you're spending a couple of weeks, a few weeks in that level of care. So, so whether or not that applies directly to you, what I, I want, I do want to talk a little bit about that healthcare setting. And again, some of the technological advances or areas that in senior living we're, we're thinking about and we're looking at. So for example, one of them is called telemedicine. Uh, and, and within telemedicine, and that, that's a very broad brush to kind of paint with, sometimes it's used interchangeably with telehealth or telemonitoring. There's, there's a lot of synonyms for that. So it's the idea of being able to, um, you know, continue to be monitored. Uh, continue to be, um, whether it's an after-hours physician that comes through like an iPad to check you out if anything isn't going great, or maybe even once you get discharged from skilled nursing and are, you know, recovering, doing some rehab, maybe you're engaging with, you know, blood pressure cuff or uh, um, a pulse oximeter or a weight scale. So different ways of just, um, you know, continuing to keep track of how you're recovering and how you're doing. Tell me a little bit about, number one, what your exposure and your awareness of those types of things is. And again, as we've been talking about, what sort of benefit do you see with that? Tony, uh, it, uh, my wife has uh, my chart uh, program with New Hanover Regional and several of our doctor groups are in that also. And what it does, it allows you to get data quickly on yourself and to keep a continuous record without having to be writing it all down. Yeah, that, that's a great example of as your care is being managed in, a, in different settings, um, how, how you're able to grab that information. The thing I know about is, is uh, watching and uh, helping out other people that do have uh, parts like that you're talking about. For instance, the CPAP, I think they call it. Uh, that machine uh, goes through the Wi-Fi to the doctor's net or whatever, and they keep a tab on exactly how you're sleeping during the night uh, and and all of that um, stuff for, for uh, the people who need that. Well, and, and as you, and that, and that makes total sense. And that's, that's kind of what I sort of see in here across the board in terms of independent living residents and how applicable it is. Is it something though, as you think about 
maybe as you made your decision to move into a life plan community, you knew you were going to have access to that higher level of care should you need it. Is the technology that they have available um, that's a part of that experience, whether it's short-term rehab or long-term assisted living or even memory care, uh, and to your point on that just being more applicable to somebody who has that need, is that something that you feel brings value or is or, or could create even some differentiation as far as your community versus a different community? Most of us have of a wearing uh, a emergency button that we can press and our RCC people can be with us in a matter of minutes. Uh, that alone is worth, you know, and then decimal amount of value in my opinion. This uh, system mm -hmm. we have find you anywhere on the campus within about two yards. Yes, uh, as far as what Ed said, we have that here at Whitestone and it is um, really phenomenal. And we, a lot of people uh, use it, uh, more need to use it, I think. We've got uh, a couple of people who um, are adamant about being able to do things themselves. <laughs> but um, as far as the technology goes, I think there's no question that it would be better to have this kind of ability within our campus and uh, for our residents, uh, as well as the uh, CWC, the Care and Wellness Center President, it, it would be uh, a fantastic advertising tool, I think, because that says we care and we're taking care of you. Yeah, so you, so you see that benefit in terms of leveraging technology and higher levels of care, or even in, in independent living for that matter, from a safety standpoint, uh, maybe to prevent uh, something from happening. And then as far as the quality of care is concerned, you feel like if uh, communities invest in that and really use it in a positive way, it could create some differentiation. Correct. Okay, great. So... Um, I want to kind of come back, uh, switch gears again from the healthcare side of things to, uh, again, maybe within the community at large, um, some of the different ways that we're seeing, certainly within LCS, uh, but not limited to us, I think this is industry-wide, some of the common ways, again, that technology is being used uh, in a way to positively impact the lifestyle. And so I want to hear from you all what your perspectives are on some of these um, solutions, some of these categories of technology, what your usage is within them, and how, again, you might find them to be beneficial. So I do want to talk a little bit about uh, resident portal solutions. I, I, I do feel like, um, and, and there's there are several, uh, again, vendors or companies that are out there. You all probably have uh, portal solutions within your community, and they're meant to communicate um, you know, information about the calendar, the activities, the dining menu, um, has a lot of other information like maybe a resident directory or a way to submit a work order. Um, 
And I bring this up from the lifestyle standpoint because in theory, these portals are meant to engage you in a way that hopefully um, in, increases your participation in some of these programs and, and service offerings. So I, I want just your general thoughts on resident portals and, and how, um, how you feel they may or may not be beneficial. Um, this is Dana. We have a senior portal. I think that's what it's called. And the, one of the main ways I use it is uh, to pull up information, uh, you know, pull up a member's name and get the bio information on that person, particularly if I'm going to be meeting them for the first time and get a little bit of their background. Uh, we, we can make reservations for dining and all of that. Biggest frustration is keeping it current and active or current uh, information, and that is not necessarily a strong suit yet. So sometimes information is out of date, but I find that it is a very helpful thing to have. Well, and your example, Dana, is one to me that speaks to relationships, uh, resident to resident, kind of that socialization. Again, we talked about that being an area of wellness. So I think that's a great example of how you're wanting to learn a little bit more about a person, where they grew up, hobbies, where they went to school, name, uh, things of that nature uh, can really help with establishing that um, culture of just friendship that we really strive for in our community. So I think that's a, that's a great example. Um, Ed or Fred, anything from you both? Uh, it, um, the uh, one thing that's interesting, maybe we can sign up for transportation to events off camp through the senior portal and uh, find that uh, to be easy. Uh, sign up for various activities, uh, for example, in our auditorium where they want to have a count of for big events. Uh, you set up a table people and so on. So, yeah, that's Those are great examples as well as far as, uh, you know, some of those outside events, um, just to make that a bit more convenient. Uh, and again, um, tying into your participation in that. Fred from Whitestone. Um, I agree, but it's uh, a couple of years down the road as far as I see, as far as uh, getting the baby boomers in who will really utilize what we're talking about. Um, the people, we only have, I'd say, 15, 20% that might be using uh, the Odyssey program, it's uh, Care Merge that we have. And that is, uh, because they just don't want to do it that way yet. Um, but down the road, I see that be very, very beneficial. That's a really good point. And we talked a little bit about that last time, right? Just sort of that bell curve where there's X percentage of residents that are very savvy that are going to use it. Uh, others that never will, and then kind of everybody in between. So, uh, but at the same time, communities have to position themselves for uh, that future resident as well. So it's it's definitely a fine balance, right? Exactly. Uh, uh, yes, it, it is. And from a marketing perspective, um, of course, we are still growing here. Uh, we have one more villa uh, that will be built. Um, that is a real important thing because. The younger olders expect it. Absolutely. Well, and I almost feel like as a precursor 
to what are now resident portals. And they're still very much in place. But I feel like before there was this portal boom that we're absolutely seeing now, um, things like digital signages, uh, um, signs rather, digital signs uh, in in common areas, uh, along with in-house TV stations. That's something that's been around for a while and something that communities, again, from a technology leveraging standpoint uh, have been investing in for a bit. So is that something that you all have at your communities that you, uh, again, just continue to find to be helpful to be able to turn on a certain channel and you see the scroll of uh, programs, events, the menu, whatever it might be. And you could also go to like a common area and see that same scroll that, again, or slideshow that gives you that information. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? At all over Plantation Village, we use a we have a private channel, you know, TV channel that we can uh, run only 24/7, and we've added uh, this this recently voice feature. Many of our people that don't get out hear well and have difficulty following uh, the script on the screen without the out voice. So the voice has been very we're absolutely seeing a lot of that. And what we're seeing a lot with these uh, with these portals in particular is you think about what um, Google is doing with the Google Assistant. You think about what um, Amazon is doing with the Alexa and the Echo and the Dot. And uh, again, what people just, again, whether you're a senior or not, whether you're in a retirement community or not, the way that people are using voice uh, and, and commands and, and things of that nature to get information. Um, we're seeing a lot more of that. Basically, every portal provider these days has some integration with uh, one of these devices. So is that something that you all feel uh, could be beneficial to you all? In time. In time. Okay, so maybe not, not right off the bat, but... Um, is that something that you all use just in general, so not limited to the portal? Um, what, what are your thoughts, just big picture on some of these voice-activated devices that can turn on the TV uh, the same way you would Google something on your phone, that you could just ask that question out loud, uh, dim the lights for you, whatever it might be? Um, is that something that, that you all are using or that you see your friends and neighbors using? Uh, this is Dana in Cyprus. Uh, I don't think many here use that. Uh, I do have some friends that don't live in this community uh, who do have that type of capability. And then you have the ring kind of thing where people can do all kinds of security to their home uh, and turn, turn the lights off and whatever um, through that device. So I don't use it. I don't know many here that have it, but I, I know friends that do. I do think it's more for the younger olders, <laughs> put it that way. This is Fred, Fred from White um, the, the The way I've seen it used would be the grandkids give it to the, uh, or the kids give it to the, grand, uh, the, the mom and dad that live here, the, uh, the um, seniors. And they use it for about two, three days, and then it's not an, it's it's a novelty, and they don't use it any longer. Um, and a lot of times, when they say something, uh, the unit mixes it up, and they don't get it right, so they stop using it. Mm -hmm. But having uh, yes, if we had a system 
throughout the campus that was campus uh, made, then that would be a different situation altogether. For instance, a instead of having a pendant uh, as such, you have uh, the ability to use the uh, thing around your neck to open your door without even uh, unlocking it. It unlocks itself. Uh, it also keeps an eye on you as far as your movement. And if you're not moving at the beginning of the day, it alarms the people. Things like that, yes. As far as dimming the lights um, or turning the lights off, um, I don't think we're at that part yet. Uh, like Dana said, down the road, I think. Yeah, and in terms of down the road, that that is where, you know, we're thinking about certainly um, kind of what we're calling smart apartments even, and how might we find the right balance of devices and features and functions to integrate within that, again, that for that senior that's interested, um, you know, again, it could it could make it enticing for them as well. So I, I, I do think that that's something that, that will continue. Um, but again, I think... Uh, the, the, the message is pretty consistent with um, there's there's a certain group uh, that that's going to be relevant for. Uh, it's not going to be for everybody, but it's going to be for some. And, and that's OK. That's a good thing if it means that you're going to be able to make their experience um, a positive one. If you've been living in a home that's a smart home at some level and you've had Alexa and you've had ways to just verbally shut the lights off and off, and then you're thinking of moving to a CCRC, then, you know, certainly you probably may look for that. So I can see why LCS might have to think of that as a future. Because for some people in the future, that's what they'll want. That's a great point. And that's certainly the mindset. So um, as, as we start to close here, uh, again, I kind of had my list of things that I just wanted to put out there and get some thoughts on. But, you know, the last few minutes that we have here, I want to hear from you all. Is there a certain area of wellness or the lifestyle and how it how technology sort of impacts that that you're experiencing, that you're seeing uh, and, and that you feel is making a positive um, impact on things that you wanted to bring up, again, whether it's within or outside of your community? The only thing I have, this is Fred from Whitestone, is the uh, desire to have it, uh, a lot of these things in place soon, sooner than later for the people that we're talking about. Because they will, if we do it, uh, if we stage it now, it will be less of a problem uh, than if we have to do it after the fact. For instance, if we're building new wings, uh, that would be a good idea to think about and implement uh, as much as possible uh, in the new wing and then see how well it goes. That's an excellent point. And that's, uh, that I, I do think that's something that kind of operationally we think about. So I, I, I appreciate that because as communities that have been around for decades uh, um, look to grow, expand, add, uh, I think they are strongly thinking about how to best integrate and leverage technology within um, new and additional spaces. So I think that's a, that's a great point. Well, uh, I, I would like to uh, take a second and just thank uh, my guest for today. So Fred 
uh, Dana and Ed, thank you um, all once again for your participation um, in this podcast. I'm looking forward to our fourth and final part where we're going to talk a little bit about what's next for technology. So uh, we've talked at length about what you're using, what's available present day, and how you feel it's beneficial. Uh, if we could give you a magic wand and a crystal ball and uh, from your resident senior perspective, what we what you would like to see, uh, what you feel makes sense as you think about the next um, handful of years to uh, several decades. What, what should senior living providers and retirement communities be thinking about uh, in terms of technology and the resident experience? So uh, thank you all once again. Appreciate your time and hope you have a great rest of the day. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Bye-bye. You as well. Bye, everybody. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Mm-hmm.